a course, right? Just go on YouTube, right? YouTube you and find some courses on how to attract talent, how to interview, right? How to do whatever. Like you should put some effort into that. Don't just meet somebody and go off gut feel. Be like one meeting, Brian seems cool, let's do it. Like there's gotta be a process that you put them through. So build out a hiring process and learn how to be good at finding talent, identifying talent and what questions do I ask and and what do I do after the first interview? Do I check references? How do I check references? Ah, da, da, da. Like you gotta do all that, put some work into that stuff. Don't just snap hire because somebody said you need this position, you hire it and you're like, oh, I hired him, what do I pay him? What do they do? Cause you're gonna disrupt your business massively if you do that. Welcome to the Whistle Way Podcast. My name is Kyle Whistle, your host with Whistle Realty Group and EXP Realty in San Diego. And I'm Brian Kochi, the Director of Marketing Media here at Whistle Realty Group. <laughs> the goal of the show is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics to go out there and crush it in your business, whether that be real estate, mortgage, or any business. The way we like to do it is to answer the questions that you have for us. So rather than guessing, we just listen. Uh, if you have a question you want us to answer on the show, you can always go to thewhistleway.com, thewhistleway.com. Um, not only can you ask questions, you can join our Facebook group, subscribe to our podcast, our YouTube channel, uh, join our referral network for all the people leaving California. And most importantly, you can get early bird pricing on our Media Mayor Mastermind course, which is half off right now. And this course will help you become the media mayor of your community, something that's really helped put us on the map here in San Diego. We've been the number one team in the county for the last six years and would love to help you do the same in your community. So you can go to thewhistleway.com. And if you enjoy the show today, we really appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, if you could hook us up, with a little thumbs up, hit the subscribe button and the bell so you get notified of future episodes of the show. And if you are listening on a podcast platform, if you can hook us up with a review on there, those mean the world to us. What do we got today, Brian? So this one is one that we see a lot in our group. Um, and I know a lot of people struggle with this, is to build a team or not build a team. There's pros and cons of both. Um, and I know one of the biggest concerns I hear with people about building a team is look, I work one-on-one -on -one with my clients. It's a very personal uh, connection that I have. I'm worried about if I build a team, even if that's an assistant or a showing agent or a buyer's agent, that that level of removal is going to lower the quality of, of service I provide. And so I wanna talk about how do we keep the high level of service while growing the team and being able to help more people. Yeah. Being a control freak is a really expensive addiction. <laughs> it's real expensive. I mean, it, it might be up there with fancy shoes and, and ice cream and cats. I mean, it's, it's My ice cream expensive. That's a really expensive addiction. Dude, we had some Dippin' Dots at Santee Lakes. Oh, the worst. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They were so good. No. Oh, they're delicious. It's, it's, and it's they come ice. in a little bag. Oh, they're Ugh. terrific. Ugh. That's the worst. Do you really like Dippin' Dots? Yeah, they were good. We had cotton candy flavor. They were legit. Tom likes Dippin' Dots? They great. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I had it at SeaWorld one time. was really excited. It was cookies and cream because that's what I eat. And it, was, it tasted like ice. It wasn't prepared properly. There was a proper preparation for Dippin' Dots. I would love to try it again. It was trash when I had it. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, we're talking about teams, not trash 
trash ice cream. Uh, yeah, being a control freak, it's it's an expensive addiction. Um, right. They, I mean, the easiest analogy that that I've always heard is if you think about the dentist, for example, right? Like you don't call the dentist and talk to the dentist, do you? You call and you talk to somebody who answers the phone, somebody whose job is to answer the phone, and you let them know what your problem is or what kind of appointment you need to book. They'll ask you a series of questions, and they will schedule you for an appointment, right? They're going to figure out who do I need to set this appointment for? Is it for the hygienist? Is it for the actual dentist, right? Or do I need to refer you out to somebody else, Um Right, they're gonna take you orthodontist, they're gonna take you through the process and then they're gonna schedule the appointment with the appropriate person. So then they're gonna put it into a system and the system's gonna like send you reminders and let you know you have an appointment and all the things. And then the day of you're gonna like show up to the office and there's gonna be somebody at the office who greets you. And they're gonna have you sign in, and then more often than not, there's one person who signs you in. There's another person who takes your insurance card and like calls the insurance company and gets you dialed in, makes sure you're covered and all of that stuff and reviews the billing part of what this appointment's going to cost you. And then they tell you to sit down and somebody else is going to come and walk you in. And that person, at least at the dentist office I go to, it seems like every other time they take like x-rays. Uh, and then that person who takes the x-rays sits me down in a chair. And then another person comes in and they clean my teeth. And then finally, the dentist comes in and does the check for cavities and, and addresses any issues brought to the attention they get, um, they're the, from any they of the other people. They give you the guilt trip of the, the flossing. So ah, I floss daily. I'm like two times a day now. I'm on point, man. I just got the little ones in the car, and I just floss while I'm driving. It works so much better. All right. Because trying to floss at home, it just never happens. Um, so I just floss in the car. And so think about flossing. that, right? Like, did the dentist do all those things? Like the dentist was only like a really small portion of it. But when somebody asks like, oh, where, what dentist do you go to? You name the dentist. You don't name the like seven other people that were part of your experience. You name the dentist. Well, if that's how a dentist runs their business, why don't you run your business that way? And the thing is, when you put it that way, it's not weird. No, it's, it's normal. It's not weird because I, I heard two things when you were talking there. One, it's not weird if you have other people helping you. And two there can be other people that are probably better at you at certain tasks. So, because uh, I was talking to someone about this as well, and I'm like, it's not weird if you go to the doctor or the dentist and they do that, but somehow in real estate we think, well, but real estate isn't done that way. But if you think about it, people, consumers, don't live in the real estate realm 40, 50, 60 hours a week for their entire lives like we do, right? Most people live in the real estate realm for a couple months every few years. So the fact that you go, oh, well, not every real estate agent, you know, every real estate agent works on their own. They're not comparing real estate agent to real estate agent to real estate agent to real estate agent. They're comparing real estate agent to car salesperson to dentist to doctor to, to literally every other service provider in their life. So it's not weird if you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have my assistant book that for you. It's not weird. Yeah. It's it's weird in your own head. Yep. It's a story you're telling yourself, but it's not the story that the consumer is reading. It's your own story. You get to write your own story. You're just choosing to write an autobiography all about yourself and not the whole story. So and that, I think part that's of it the is problem. You're, you're just telling this story to yourself. Nobody else, If when my assistant books something, it is not weird by any stretch of the imagination. 
And when Except I meet, it's like a couple's massage, then it gets kind of weird. Yeah. And then when I meet with a seller, it's not weird that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to bring my stager and I'm going to bring my interior designer and I'm going to bring my photographer. And like, they don't expect me to do all of that. Why do you feel weird telling your seller that there's going to be somebody else who does the paperwork? Why, why do you feel weird about that? That's a good point. Why do you feel weird that somebody else is going to schedule the... Um, the photos and somebody else is going to schedule the sign and the, and the staging to go like why is that weird that somebody else is going to do that because you're telling yourself that story in your head they're not they're not weirded out by that they don't expect you to do all that now now that being said I have been in situations where I've worked with a team and it has been there has been some weird stuff to it right where someone will start hitting me up and I won't even know who they are you know hey it's uh, Sally I don't know who you are, Sally. So how do you introduce your team to your client? Yeah, I'll share this one with you for being a, a valued listener of the podcast. Um, this is one that I put together um, for my clients. Well, I didn't put it together. Came up with the idea. Brian put it together and made it really fancy. But if you go to <laughs> team.kylewhistle.com, team.kylewhistle.com, um, you can go on there and you can see a video that we send to our clients. And we send that to them up front as soon as they sign the listing. And now it's a video. Oh, hi, I'm Shannon. I'm your listing coordinator. This is what I do. I'm Thomas and Brian. We're your photographers. This is what we do. I'm Deanna. I'm your transaction coordinator. This is what I do. I'm Devin. I'm the fielder. This is what I do. So there's a video that introduces them to everybody. And now the beauty, we like doing it that way because now they have like faces, names, personalities. Like it really helps them understand who it is that they're going to work with throughout the process. Um, and then I think it's really important as you're sending emails that you have faces in the emails too, because now they'll tie it back to that video that they watch and it, it ties the whole thing up in a nice little package. The, the company that I experienced that d did this the best, the first for me was SafeLight. Um, they, as soon as I booked it, they sent me an email and they said, Hey, John's going to be your, it, it's the auto repair or auto glass repair company. They say, Hey, John's going to be your uh, going to be coming out to you tomorrow between 12 and 1. Here's his picture. Uber does something very similar. So you're like, okay, now it's not weird when I see them. Someone knocks at my door. Okay, I'm expecting them. They look what, like what they say they look like. It, it, it already breeds that familiarity to it. Cool. Um, the other important thing <laughs> with this, and I think one of the, the most important things, is hiring and training those people. Um, another thing I see agents do all the time and I see this a lot with marketing people because that's who I engage with a lot with um, agents. I engage with their marketing people is they hire a marketing person because you know they're, it's their sister's friend and whatever. They don't really tell them what to do. The marketing person tries to do what they think they should do. Two months later, they get fired because they didn't bring in 300 listings. Like there, There's a, a miss in communication. So how do you, um, I, I mean, I think we got to, build the job description and communicate that correctly. How, how do you do that? Yeah, well, the cool thing is when you start, you are all the positions when you start, right? You yep. are the person who schedules the appointment. You're the person who goes on the appointment. You're the person who runs the marketing. You're the person who, I mean, most people did their own transaction coordination at one point. Um, you're the one who like put it on the MLS and measured the rooms. Like shit, most of you guys are the, also shot the photos with your cell phone. Like, I mean, that's, at some point, most realtors literally did everything. Now, if you started on a team or something, maybe not, but most realtors that start this off on their own have done all of those, right? You've literally done them all. So 
the good thing is because you've done them, you know what's entailed in doing them. And so then when it's time to hire somebody, you should be able to teach them at least what you know. And if they're talent, you teach them what you, they know, and then you hand the ball off and tell them to go run with it. Um, so if they're talent, they, they'll take what you gave them and they'll run with it and they'll add on to it. They'll be resourceful by maybe masterminding, networking with other people in similar positions. Brian, you know, himself didn't know a whole lot about shooting videos when he started here. He attended YouTube U, for those of you guys who don't know, that's also youtube.com, um, and learned on there, all right, and taught himself a lot of the stuff that he needed to know. So I think if you're hiring talented people, they're gonna be able to take the ball and run with it. But what I would say is you should have some level of basic training in place to help people understand at least about the company, the origin story, um, core values, you should teach them that kind of stuff and teach them the basics and then let them go. And then now the beautiful thing is we've gotten bigger, we're up with over 20 employees, including virtual now, <coughs> is that I taught you, right, when you first came on and then you added to it with what you self-taught. Now when somebody comes in, now I delegated, that's your lane, you now hire and you lead LMA, lead, manage and hold accountable the people that you hire. Right? Like Shannon, our listing manager, as we grow, we need more listing managers. I'm not hiring that person. She is. That's her job, right? Same thing in each of my departments is I leave it up to the, the leaders in each respective department to hire those additional people and to train them. It's not on me. My job is to go sell houses. My job is to make it rain, and you guys collect all the rain in the buckets. And what, what happens, too, to start out, too, is that like maybe you hire somebody initially, and like the first hire we always recommend is a rock star admin, somebody who's like an assistant, but they're also your transaction manager, your listing coordinator, your assistant, they're literally everything. And that person for me years ago is now my portfolio and project manager, now has a huge role. As she's moved position, she's a lot of times hired her replacements and or trained those replacements or there are times we split jobs because as you grow bigger, one person can't do all of those things. So you'll hire that rock star admin and maybe they're really good with like the marketing and the media side of things and they suck with like listing and transaction coordination that's a lot more uh, paperwork oriented. Okay, well now you split that role into two and let that person focus on where, what's the right seat for them, which is the marketing side and they now hire somebody who's in the other seat, which was the listing and transaction coordination side, or the operations as we like to refer to it. They're gonna hire somebody to take that half of their job over, and now that's split into two. And then now at some point, that person who's doing listing coordination and transaction coordination, that might split into two. Maybe they are naturally better on the listing coordination side, so let them focus on that. Hire the transaction coordination side, boom, right? And then maybe that transaction coordinator has now gotta hire a second person, right? So that's how this whole thing grows. That's basically exactly our growth curve. Yeah. <laughs> Um, one of the other things that I'm, I, we're hiring uh, a fourth on our media team now. Uh, they're going to be editing our photos and then we're going to grow them into editing videos and kind of expand the role as they go. One of the things that we're going to do, and, and Shannon, our uh, director of ops, taught me, is um, make sure we have videos for each step of the, of the process. And that way, as we go, we only have to train them once. They can go back and... Um, look at previous videos and go, oh, I don't remember how to do this. Or I say, hey, I don't like how this looks. Go back and watch this module again. Um, but then if they don't work out and we have to let them go and bring on someone else, I already have the training built. 
Now I'm going to have to go over some things with them again. There's still going to be more time invested if we have to hire someone new or we have to hire a fifth and a sixth. There's always going to be some time. But the more you do it, the less work you should do each time. So I know Gary V is big about um, hire fast. No, hire slow and fire fast. Um, that doesn't really apply to this situation. So <laughs> I thought it was the other way around. I would say you can hire someone. If they don't work out, you can fire them fast, um, but still have that training built up. So it kind of half works. It applies. You should hire slow for a few reasons. One, you should have a training program built before you hire somebody. I see people make this mistake all the time. They go to a conference or listen to a podcast or a webinar, and somebody's like, oh, you got to have like a videographer. And so people are like, all right, I hired a videographer. What should they do? I mean, I see posts all the time. One of my dear friends just hired an ISA and literally hired this person and then is posting like, oh, well, what should their comp plan be? Fuck do you mean? What should the you hire? <laughs> what the fuck did you hire them at? Like, did you not have a comp plan conversation? I will give you money you eventually. Hired them? Like, that's a bad idea. So you got to have this stuff planned out before you ever even go uh, to attract somebody into your company. Like, you should have a comp plan, but you should also have a basic training. And maybe you don't have the training built before you hire them, but before they start, you should have a level of basic training that's built out um, before they actually start on the job because there's nothing worse. It actually does more harm than good if you don't, because then what happens is they start and they're sitting in your office, you sign the paperwork or whatever, and they're like, all right, cool, what should I do? And you're like, go do, uh, uh, go do this and this. Okay. And they go, uh, like, all right, Kyle, I'm all done, what should I do next? Uh, go do this and this. Okay. Kyle, I'm all done, what should I do next? Uh, I don't know. Let's, let's just call it a day. And then they come in the next day and they're like, all right, cool. What should I do today? Uh, maybe like, why don't you go do this and, and this? Okay. So it's adding stress to your yeah, plate. And now it's like, it's super disruptive and now it creates a bad experience for them. So they might not stick around. Cause like these people don't have their shit together. It's a lose lose. So you should hire slow for your own sake and for their sake, make sure you're hiring the right person because if you make a snap hire um, and it's a bad hire, it could cause a lot of damage. I mean, one person can be very, very disruptive to your company and they could turn people off. You could lose some really talented people. I mean, in this industry, good agents might bring you well over six figures a year. You don't wanna make a bad hire who turns off your number one producer and now you lost your number one producer at the expense of this idiot that you snap hired too soon and didn't go through a process. So have an interview process. Yep. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other quick tips? I, th I feel really good about this one. I feel we covered a lot of stuff that we haven't really talked about in the past. Yeah. I think this is all, all really solid. Um, I'll just share like my journey. I learned a lot about um, hiring through, it used to be called Recruit Select. It's a course through Keller Williams. Uh, the current iteration is now called Career Visioning. I highly recommend that course, whether you're with Keller Williams or not very, very valuable course to understand how to uh, attract and retain talent. So I would strongly recommend that was a huge game changer for me. And maybe you don't want to deal with that. Of course, they're going to try to recruit you while you're there. That's why they do these courses. Um, but I mean, if they didn't, they're, they're messing up. Right, they're just <laughs> idiots. Um, so maybe that's not your course, but find a course, right? Just go on YouTube, right? YouTube you and find some courses on how to attract talent, how to interview, right? How to do whatever. 
Like you should put some effort into that. Mm-hmm. Don't just meet somebody and go off gut feel. Be like one meeting. Brian seems cool. Let's do it. Like there's got to be a process that you put them through. So build out a hiring process and learn how to be good at finding talent, identifying talent. And what questions do I ask? And and what do I do after the first interview? Do I check references? How do I check references? Ah, da, da, da. Like you got to do all that. Put some work into that stuff. Don't just snap hire because somebody said you need this position. You hire it and you're like, oh, I hired him. What do I pay him? What do they do? Because you're going to disrupt your business massively if you do that. Yeah. Cool. All right. Awesome. Well, hopefully you guys got a lot of value out of that. Uh, if you did, if you could hook us up with a review on whatever podcast platform it is that you're listening to the show on, we'd really appreciate that. And if you are watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up and the subscribe button. And then that little notification bell so you get notified of future episodes of the show. Um, and we're going to roll into our whistle widget of the week. But before we do, uh, make sure to visit the whistleway.com. You can subscribe to the podcast, the YouTube channel, join our referral network, our Facebook group, and get early bird pricing for our Media Mayor Mastermind course so you can crush it and be the media mayor of your community, thewhistleway.com. With that said, we want to roll into our last segment of the show, which is called the Whistle Widget of the Week. This is something that either saves us time, makes us more money, or helps us just have more fun. What do you got, Brian? This is a great tool that we use, and maybe we've done this already as well, um, but we use this. I use this literally every day, uh, not only with my media team, but also um, how I communicate with our agents, um, clients, kind of a little bit of everything. Um, and this is utilizing Dropbox. I personally like Dropbox better than Google Drive or um, things like We Send It. I like the structure of it. Um, I even have the ability set up to where I have it on my phone to where every time I take a picture, it'll automatically up to, upload to Dropbox, which saves on my computer. So I have it all in one spot or actually all in multiple spots. Um, but this has massively uh, increased our ability to share projects with each other. It's, again, it's how I deliver photos and videos to our agents. Um, Dropbox is a, a game changer. I think I pay 10 bucks a month for the two terabytes of storage, something like that. Probably I'm getting close to that, that limit. Um, so I need to clean some stuff off and maybe pay for the new one. But Dropbox is massive, massive, massive for our, our media team business, my photography business, and even just my personal um, photos. So I have them backed up. Cool. I'm going to roll into one. Hopefully we haven't done this before, but maybe we have because we've done like over 100 episodes of the show, which means we've done over 200 of these widgets of the week. Uh, but one thing that is coming back extremely strong right now is events. I'm flying out to my first uh, big conference. Well, I don't know if it's big, but first live in-person conference in Texas tomorrow. And I think events are going to be massive on the back end of COVID. I think you're going to see more demand for events than you've ever seen before because everybody um, has been kind of locked down for the last year plus and people want to get out and go to events. And so you, if you want to run your own events, you're going to need a good software to help you run those events. Uh, the one that we like a lot is called Eventbrite. Um, Bright is B-R-I-T-E, eventbrite.com, and they have an app. It is a fantastic software. Uh, if you're running free events, it is completely free to use, which is really cool. It's very, very easy to use. It's totally free, and it can help you look like a badass when you're running events because it comes across very, very professionally. You've probably interacted with Eventbrite at some point in your life because a lot of big corporations use Eventbrite as well. Um, it also has the app for when you have the event and people are showing up and you can check people in and that that can trigger automations on the back end and sync up with Zapier, which is another widget we've shared in the past. And you could have all, all kinds of automations fire off. 
um, put people into your CRM and, and all kinds of really cool stuff. So if you are looking to host events um, on the back end of COVID, eventbrite.com is going to be the, the system that you want to use. Cool. With that said, I hope you got massive value out of the show today. Hit us up again on thewhistleway.com with questions you have for us on future episodes of the show. With that said, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Whistle Way Podcast. Wait, wait. Before you leave, I want to share some more tips and tricks that we're using in our business to take it to that next level. Just click right here. And don't forget to subscribe. Click right here.